Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. I want to thank everyone for all the help that you have given us to keep this monastery, this temple, this Sokokoji Buddhist community moving on and continuing to help others with their mind stream. Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Pretty difficult to do this even with the three jewels, let alone without any structure at all. Please continue to help us if you can. You you know if you can, you know if you can't. That's totally your business. If you can, help. This evening's Dharma talk is titled Falling Apart. Originally comes didn't come to me directly, but through what I've been told from uh, Kobanchino Roshi. Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do, everything all at once. If you begin to understand what that is pointing at, pointing at what that is saying, it can be very, very helpful to you on the path. Because it doesn't feel like things should be falling apart. It feels like things should be coming together. So we understand. So we have our idea of wisdom, our idea of kindness, peacefulness, and all of that. And it's not saying that you won't be kind or peaceful for that matter. But what you are doing when you practice Shikantaza, when you study the Buddha's Dharma, the awakened truth, something starts to fall apart. And the only way you know that it's falling apart is because it doesn't look like it should be happening. It can look quite frightening for your central identity, what you think is your central identity, to start not being able to have a solid reference point. The whole success and failure starts to come apart. That's difficult. Maybe you don't want that. Or maybe when you see that, you start to rethink this situation of the spiritual path. So we're not saying, I'm not saying, no one in particular is saying that you need to try to fall apart. You don't have to do that. To try to fall apart is artificial. To try to be no self. No self. I have no self. I'm empty of a self. 
worse than that and better than that. It's worse than that because it is devastating to ego or can be. I'm not saying that you, because of your particular way of hiding out from everything, including yourself, including your own awareness. I'm not saying that that isn't happening in a different way than what I'm describing or what others might describe. You might describe this much differently than Coben when he retranslated the Heart Sutra mantra. Or perhaps you could say interpreted it, interpreted it. Falling apart, it is like that. It's like the, the reference points start to drop off. You might get some help from your teacher if you're open to it. A teaching person can't teach unless there's a student, at least one student someone ready to receive this. There's a, a direct pointing and there's, there's no one pointing. That's why it's so direct. There's someone pointing, it's got, then it has interlocutors, intermediaries and vice presidents. Nothing else, nothing, there's nothing extra. The teacher is just pointing at what this is. And as you practice and, and, and as you study the Dharma and all of the other kinds of pointers down through the centuries from different lineage holders talking about this in a different way, Dogen talks a particular way for a couple of volumes. Asubandu in the 30 verses and other teaching teachings. Trungpa Rinpoche. To me, Coben taught with his presence, just, just his presence. It just took me a long time to see that. Years. Falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. Falling apart. That can be that can be misunderstood quite often be misunderstood as this can't be it this 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 shouldn't be happening the spontaneous realizer perhaps you have heard of him ug krishnamurti not a buddhist just a spontaneous realizer someone who just awoke to their true nature he actually called that a calamity 
It was devastating. Disappointing, as Trungpa Rinpoche, if I quote him correctly or maybe paraphrase him, falling, uh, not falling apart, but um, just disappointment, one disappointment after, after the other until the final disappointment, which is awakening itself. And it's not actually a disappointment because there's no one left to be disappointed. No one is taking up that identity, that disappointing identity. But when you look to see what happened, what, what is, did something happen? What occurred? It's like an echo coming out of, out of your question, like, like an echo coming back. It's just nothing happened, nothing occurred. You can do this. No one can do this for you. I can't do it. The Buddha can't do it. Your Sangha brothers and sisters, other Sangha members can't do it. Kisum Kemba can't do it. Rangchung Rikpi Dorja can't do it. No one can do this. You can't even do this. So how do you do this? You just look at what this is moment by moment as it arises, as your thought patterns, your emotions, your things that you're holding together, protecting, just continue to look at it, look at it, look at it. It will not be comfortable. If it's comfortable, it won't last. And uncomfortable won't last. Nothing lasts. But it may persist for lifetimes. Is that going to happen? Is it, how can he say that? How can he possibly know that? He doesn't. It's not knowledge about something. Come on, let's have some questions. Kevin O'Balling, um, how does a teacher help us to fall apart? Shoves on you, maybe. Watches you and watches you, and then perhaps at a particular time when you're looking for support, they take the supports away. You know what I'm talking about. It's like they didn't do anything at all, yet you suddenly feel like there's nothing supporting you. Falling apart, falling apart. Mm -hmm. Is that the same as it's, you said it's a teacher's job to insult you? That That's something like Trungpa said in The Myth of Freedom, chapter 450. Well, that's that's how many times you have to read it. Teacher's job is to insult you, not maybe not directly by saying something to you in such a way that you're going to run away and stop practicing. That it's going to be too 
uh, much of a disappointment. Is there a point where? Um... Yep. <laughs> there is. How's your shoulder? Not great. Looks like it. Go ahead. Is there, is there a point where um, the insulting stops? That you don't feel insulted anymore? Yes, because there isn't anyone there. <clears throat> it's called a sense of humor. If you said it literally, you'd say you just stop taking everything seriously or personally, or you just stop taking. You don't need to take, just receive. Or as Coben said, just observe. You don't take the precepts, you observe them, was his direct instruction to me. That was not easy. Does that come and go and until it, does it finally not go? What? The uh, sense of humor. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, no. What does it look like when the student's ready to receive? Well, difficult it is to describe in a kind of a generic way. Everyone is working with a different kind of causes and conditions, commonly referred to as karma, whatever's whatever particular your favorite of the three poisons, which one is your favorite, or how you're, what you're doing to shield your uh, imaginary self from the truth. It just looks like they just stop having any requirements, excuse me, from the teacher. They also may stop disagreeing with the teacher I'm not saying that anyone's really disagreeing with me, of course. But yes, you are. It's worse than that. It's a spiritual friend, not the conventional friend who overlooks your defects or your faults or your shortcomings. It's worse. And I've said, I'm not going to say it over and over again, unless I do, but do something else with your life. My teachers never said that to me. Kind of the opposite. They didn't tell me anything what to do other than meditate or observe more. What about you say the teacher points at uh, this. How can we receive that teaching? Just persist. Just continue. Return. Return to the teacher, the teaching, the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. It's just an ancient structure for training the mind. 
just persist, come back over and over and over again. People do this in different ways. Some people do this for a while and then leave, and then they come back, and then they leave again. On the line, can we see what the teacher is pointing at? The teacher gives us pointing out instructions. Can we actually hear that? Eventually. Eventually. So we're still in a in a working with things in time and space. Get to the get to the get to the zendo. Look at the schedule. Or if you're uh, on your own off in the distance, then set up your own schedule or use some people, several people here actually use the monastery, even though since we have Zoom, we've had for the last three, four years, four years, I think it is, all together, four or five, you can actually come on real time and have, and see someone actually sitting in the same real time that you're in. It's the same, using the same bell and the same signals sutras, etc. So return and persist and don't particularly look for results. And if you do look for results, don't stop doing that. Be aware that that's what you're doing. It's always about awareness, never about particularly succeeding at something. Senchu Valley, you said that Coben taught with presence or with his presence? Just his presence, yes. That's, that was for me. It might be different for, and probably is a lot different for uh, like Takado, who was a student, a close student of his for uh, many years. If you were to ask him about it, it would be quite a bit different. How does a teacher point with with presence? They aren't anywhere else. They're right there. Past and future operate, you know, as far as pragmatically, but there's there isn't anything else but this. There isn't anything else but you. There isn't anything but just consciousness or just presence. More. So Corinne. So Corinne Bowing, Takodo wrote in the chat box, I think it's a fair statement, Bowing. I could describe it a little bit with uh, um, with Coben. It was like he, it, it, because we're so busy, or I was so busy uh, with my own mind and what I should do, and, and and worried about what he thought of me. And that's that's hard to admit that you're in your own mind stream. You don't have to say anything to anybody that you're really concerned about what's on. So you don't want to show your hand, so to speak, about how insane you are. This was in 1990 when I met him. 
a little over 30 years ago. But just that's how I was, I, I realized I was a, over time, it took a while. I think I realized it right away and then I shut right down on it. And, and because it was just too much, it's just, I just started to overload. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know what that discomfort was. But it was full of uh, anger. At the same time, conflicting emotions about the nature of whatever's happening. I'm arguing with myself, why would I be angry at this person? This person who's, I think, might have been two years older than me. We were contemporaries. And yet he was uh, manifesting something that was frightening to me. even though he was the sweetest person. Well, he was to everybody but me. That was my perception, of course. But when I asked him to, which was hard for me to do that, because I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want another teacher. I already had one. He'd already died. Whew. I'll have to look at him again. Go ahead. Was it goodbye? You said you just kind of shut down because it was, I don't think you said overwhelming, but something like that. What softened that over time? Time for me, continuing to practice and practice and practice a lot. And watch my own mind go towards that and then back out towards the situation of The thing that was difficult is Coben uh, ignored me as if I was worthless. To me, that's my perception, or as if I was nobody. As if all the years that I had been practicing, I didn't care whether I practiced or not. But these are all thoughts that are going on in my mind, I'm looking for a credential. You're looking for any credentials out there? You don't have to stop that. You don't have to suddenly be credentialless. It's just about awareness. I hope it's going to be funny because I'm just getting kind of gloomy here. She was annoying. Can I do nothing? No, you can't do it. You can't do nothing because if you're doing nothing, then you aren't doing anything. You should know better than that. Why ask me such a ridiculous question? I'm waiting for your response. Jeez, I'm like, what is nothing to do pointing at if we can't do nothing? Um, That's exactly. You, you can't do anything. There isn't anyone. So you have to see that it's already the case. You're grandfathered in. Even though you're not a grandpa, you're, you're, you're already, it's already the truth. This is, this is, this is pointing. It's already the truth, not something I invented. It's people have been, those who see this or teach this have been saying this in different ways through their particular uh, clarity and cloudiness have been saying this, you're, what you're looking for, you're looking at what you're looking for, you are. 
you can't become something that you already are. So if you're trying to do that, then trying to become, trying to, trying to, trying to, trying to. Yes. A question from Liam in Marquette. Thank you for everything. Would you please explain how we can maintain momentum with that feeling of falling apart always at the heel? It's hard to keep going day to day. So first, let's uh, drop the maintain, drop, drop that word, because maintain is just a, a, a highly uh, a sophisticated or polished or refined or, or uh, uh, elaborated way of referring to uh, a safety net or a structure or something you can hang on to. You can't hang on to the three jewels. You have to return to them. So there's no, and you can't hang on to falling apart, falling apart. Just return to it. Notice it'll come back together and then it falls apart. And then it comes back together and then it falls apart. And then eventually, eventually you see nothing really happened. There never was a self, never was an ego. No, never was anything to fall apart. That's what my understanding is. That's what uh, Cloud Phoenix was re referring to. Any further questions? Ondo. Ondo Bhai, you uh, tell us you can do this. Yes. Shogun Trump Rinpoche told you you can do this. He did. Is it the same? It's, it's similar. Yes, I'm just saying, I say you can do this. The whole idea of doing something is I'm uh, going to go through some fluctuations there. The whole idea about doing something. It's a spiritual path. So it is a path of awareness, not of accomplishing something. So, but we need those relative structures to, so that we can return to the teacher, the teaching in the community, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, in all the different ways that it shows up. But we're studying, what, 20? Not 20, 11 different texts right now, as far as I know. Some of them maybe a couple times in different places. So we're working hard on continuing to introduce the teachings, whether it's Vasubandhu or Dogen Zenji, or the, the teachings that uh, uh, Zen Roots that um, Chazan has been talking about as of late. Go ahead. When you say you can do this, when you're looking out at us, are you saying that we can fall apart? Yes. We can give up our reference points? Yes. It may not look like something you're doing, uh, what it, becomes, it just becomes frustrating that we can't seem to do this in the, in the conventional way. So when, it's, when I'm saying you can do this, or that was said to me, Eventually, you understand that it's, there, there never was anything to do. But we ha you have to realize that. And what that is, is realizing there was never anyone. 
who could do this or do that or not do this or not do that. It's it, the, the identity uh, has been seen through as being unreal and the identity of self and other. It may show up in different ways, a different kind of timing, but it won't show up as a result. Like, oh, finally, I, what was I thinking? All this time I was thinking I was somebody going somewhere and I was uh, nobody going nowhere. As uh, the Buddhist um, nun, I think her name is Arya Kemma. Go ahead. And you have a question? I forgot. Okay, I'll give you a minute to think about it. What was it about Buddhism? <laughs> yes. When you're bowing. So if there isn't anything to do, are we just waiting around for something, for enlightenment, for realization? I, I, I think there's a little bit of that. I wouldn't say it's an actual waiting, 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 but it's a little bit of that. There's just a, there doesn't seem to be any uh, going this direction or receding or not much movement. Less, it seems like there's less and less movement and more and more just this. Yes. Is that what we're doing on the cushion then? A little bit, but it's also looking or observing the scenery of the mind stream without adding to it, subtracting from it, doing without doing anything with it, even though the emotions that arise might be feel negative or oppressive, something else might happen that's uplifting or hopeful. We don't do anything with it. Don't join in the hope, and we don't necessarily uh, um, add on to accommodate or fluff up the fear. We don't do anything with it except perhaps feel hopeful, perhaps feel fearful, and just be aware that that's what's happening in the mind stream, that there's no one person doing that. That's just coming and going as just like trees growing or plants, clouds moving. What is it that looks like solidity? Consciousness, just finding a form and then a comment on it or a definition of it. So just watch. And it can, it can translate into the ego language's relative confidence in something that you're right about something, or that this is actually true. or the solidity that may show up as feeling very confident that you're seeing through everything, being very, feeling very confident that you see no self. Remember your question? What are you grinning for? That's funny. It is. It is funny. Question from Brian King. 
Brian Kring, sorry. Brian who? Brian Kring. Kring. You said that your teachers only told you to meditate and observe. Are just these enough and the rest happens as it will happen beyond our control? I wouldn't get too philosophical about it. A lot of things come and go. The idea is to be aware, and Trungpa Rinpoche and Kovancino Roshi both taught in different ways. They weren't, they knew each other, they were apparently were friends, interacted in different ways, but they weren't anything like teaching dynamic was much, much different. I'm not looking at Junchu. I'm trying to look at Brian, but I can't because you were reading what he said, and I realized that you and Brian Kring are two different people. Is that true? But you're not separate, though, of course. <clears throat> you're very agreeable. You've been getting your way somewhere. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, for falling, falling apart. What's the apart? It's coming apart. You could talk about it different ways. Your identity, who you thought you were, what this is. Uh, so it's the structure that you used to refer to that that, that reinforced your feeling good because you're getting your way. Uh, or that reinforced that you're you're a loser. You're never going to get this. This is wrong. Those are just extremes, of course. And there's all the nuance. It starts to come apart, and what you used to count on for ideas, opinions, beliefs, feelings, you knew who you were. You kind of got your identity a little bit from what other people thought, but not too much, because you, you know, you had your own thoughts, you had your own opinions, your own ideas. You know, it's like we have other people have conversations every day about. So, what's your opinion about the, you know, the price of uh, ox blood? Uh, they're selling oxblood again. I mean, you could go so many different ways. It might be much funnier than that. But it's like we, we go into, uh, you could say, a labyrinth of um, just like going this and towards this. We, this is happening. That's not. But this happens more. But this is backed off. We're constantly describing. It's like a, a journalistic approach to everything. We're always, we always have a commentary, a story about everything, even people who are relatively kind, generous, loving human beings who respect others are still going in circles as long as when there's no spiritual path, if it's just a mundane path, I don't care how high and fluffy it is, how backlit it is. Go ahead. When we lose track of that, what's the upside? Upside to what? Losing track of our no personality, upside. what we like, what we don't like. There is no upside. That's the disappointment. You don't get anything. You don't get a credential. You have no idea who you are. That doesn't mean that you forget who you are. Difficult to talk about. It's hard enough to talk about relative truth that is supporting the the Buddha's Dharma, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links. 
and, and all of the other relative provisional teachings. But then to begin to look at when this is being pointed at, at directly by a teacher using concepts, maybe reversing them back and forth. How does um, the practice support falling apart? It seems counterintuitive. Which part's the intuitive and which part's the counter? Really, I'm asking you to describe what you what you just used your description as counterintuitive. So you're saying it's other than intuition. So what is it then? I was just trying to figure out. Don't do that. Yeah. Support no. and um, Bigger one doesn't work. putting support with falling apart. Face the wall. Sit down. Find a wall. We have all kinds of them. Sit down. If one of these banners is in your way, remove it or sit in a place where there's no banner. There's just a cottage cheese wall. Sit there and just observe that and do a lot of it. I'm not saying someone couldn't realize their true nature in 10 or 20 years of meditating an hour a day, but it's unlikely. Really, really need a teacher, really need a teaching, need a community, and you need to do a lot of sitting meditation. That's how it looks. A question from Tomas in the UK. Okay. How can I stop cravings? My mind seems to take over time and time again. That's so. It's about observing the craving. If you just watch the craving and and don't necessarily go into trying to stop it, you try to stop it, you create circles. And it just draws us right back in. And with the with the 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 feeling that we're gonna somehow get on top of this craving situation, just stop because the identity of the ego is so powerful that he she they thinks that they can stop doing that, they can discipline themselves in such a way. People go without eating and they go without sleeping and the Buddha did all this. Went without clothes, went without food, trying to understand the nature of suffering by deliberately torturing himself. Well, we're going to do the same thing, only we're going to do it by sitting down and facing the wall. That kind of uh, dissatisfaction. Just look at how dissatisfied and how craving, how much craving is going on in the mind. Don't have to stop that. If you succeed at stopping the craving, <coughs> that might be a great accomplishment, but it is not awakening. It's just, um, you've, you've succeeded. You can even write books about how to stop craving. And if you're brilliant uh, in, the, in an intellectual way, you might be pretty convincing, probably sell a lot of books. A lot of people would like to stop doing that. Books would be selling like, what's that word? That's, I know what it is, hotcakes on Amazon. Whew. Imagine the reviews. So to respond to your question directly, sit a lot. 
sit, sit a lot and watch the craving. It's always about awareness. It's always about observing. It's never about any kind of gaining anything. Do a lot of that, yes. A question from Igor in Croatia. How not to fundamentally fear for things which are out of our control, not in the relative sense. I managed to not fight or hold fundamentally to fear in competitions I am involved in at semi-pro level, but I can't do that same trick for general life. Mm -hmm. Most important thing in not knowing you at all, first time I've heard from you, I think, maybe the first time I've heard from anyone in Croatia, um, just the, the way you ask the question, the only thing I, I have a question for you, and then I'll respond. If, if you are sitting minimum of an hour a day, sitting meditation, and as I teach it, not, not, not uh, other kinds of uh, ways that are completely valid. I'm not against those. I'm just saying if, you, if you're asking me questions, it's coming out of this kind of a practice. Doesn't mean we're going to do away with all the other practices, but what this old man says, or, or shikantaza. But if you're sitting, and if you're also getting some kind of long-term sitting, and I call it block sitting, sitting for four hours at a time without getting up, or if you get up, then get back down there again. Some kind of extended sitting. It could be a solitary retreat, could be group retreats, but needs to be shikantaza. I'm not against shine laktang, shamata vipassana, or mindfulness awareness practice. I've practiced those for decades and taught, the, taught those practices to others until I just couldn't do it. And I just can't, I can't do that. Not because it's wrong. It's because I want you to see right now what this is. And how do you do that? You look at what's happening right now. You don't create some kind of a meditator or some kind of a special calm abiding feeling. You do it in the chaos. You have to see, you have to see the chaos. If you're creating calm abiding, might be more comfortable, probably will be. Eventually you can be quite, quite serene. <clears throat> so I would say, you so, it sounds good, like just that you're, the way you ask the question, I would say, just continue. Don't, don't concern yourself with comparing how you're able to do it here, but not here. It's a good thing you can't do it in the spiritual path. Because if you could, you probably wouldn't be even asking a question. You'd just be successful at your spiritual path of feeling better. Not craving the very nature, according to the Buddha, is life is suffering. Why? Second noble truth, craving, wanting something out, wanting something different, never satisfied. It doesn't mean you need to get satisfied. Isaac Bowen. Who? Isaac, can you hear me? No, speak up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. What does observing the thought um, do to the thought, Bowen? So, um, 
So it doesn't it doesn't add on to it. It doesn't judge it or take away from it. It gives it no positionality in the consciousness. So it's just it might as well be a leaf falling from a tree. It might as well be a cloud uh, covering the sun or moving away from the sun. It might as well be any phenomena that is coming and going. <clears throat> so just to just observe, I'm, I'm going to say use it this way, and it isn't exactly this, but as a way of referring to it, it depersonalizes what is happening. It depersonalizes even the emotion. You just watch the emotion, feel, smell, taste, hear, grok the emotion, then it doesn't have a, an emotionator. I have to make up a few words here. It doesn't have a person who's feeling that way. Just the emotion, just the thought. Not positive, negative, or neutral. Or not, do not enter the picture because you are no longer have any, you're no longer choosing anything. You're, you are that courageous. And is there anyone courageous? No, even, even courage doesn't apply because there isn't anyone. But you're not adding, subtracting, dividing. It's just thought. It's just emotion. Just, 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 just. It's self-existing. It just has its own dynamic. That doesn't mean it's separate from everything else. It just means that it's not separate from everything else. Isaac Bowing, so if insight or outflows show up after observing the thought, is it not observing Bowing? So it, it may be observing, it may be, it may be any number of things that you just ask about, but what is extra is you're looking to find a, you're trying to find out is that, is that observing or not observing? So it's that extra two cents worth that you follow up, you track down instead of just, just observe. So do you follow me a little bit? Don't follow me too closely. Don't do anything with it. It's even more radical, radical, not in the sense in the modern sense of when saying somebody's a radical, that they're somehow outlandish or terrible people who break the law. I'm not talking about talking about those kinds of radicals. When I say radical, I mean someone who is going to the root. There may not even be a root, to, but to go to the root of anything is to go to the basis. The root of the lotus is in the mud. Go there. The Buddha did not awaken to to merry-go-rounds and chestnuts over open fire. The Buddha awoke to intense suffering for himself and others and, and the world. He awoke to that and that was his awakening. So awakening is not a state of mind. It might be more accurate to say it is no mind. Don't let me get away with that. Come and get me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You going to ask me a question? Okay. Bowing. Um, like earlier, I think you said there is no upside, and you talked about um, this being disappointing. Um, what does it mean when it's said that the Dharma is good in the end? Bowing. Whole total statement as I received it, the Dharma is good in the beginning, good in the middle, good in the end. 
once you see it, it's, there isn't anything but goodness. Trungpa Rinpoche called it basic goodness. Everything is basically good. There's no, there's no evil. This is, this is a concoction of people who are trying to control things. They want power. More? Just with Miyoka's question earlier, is that, how is that different than an upside? Well, it's, it's going to show up as an upside or show up as a downside, but it's not the kind where there's any attachment to it. So this doesn't mean that you're dismissive of it, but you don't care what you see that it's upside. Of course, it's going to be upside downside because it's relative truth. It's always a pack of lies. Uh, 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 it's a, a half truths. Don't you think that when when, the, when it becomes nighttime, there's some kind of a lie going on. The sun is always there. Why is it dark? Help him out here. <laughs> the sun is always there, isn't it? Come on, come on, isn't it? I don't know. Isn't it? I think so. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> or Google it. <laughs> you know, if the sun is always there, what is so important about looking at the dark? We, if you sit down and practice sitting meditation, you're going to be looking at quite a bit of darkness or confusion, or not clear about what that is. Looking at the roots of the lotus in the mud. Just a way of talking about it. You need to look at that. Look at the entire situation. Observe whatever is happening in the mind without adding, subtracting, or dividing. When you start to see what this is, it may start out for a while and be quite embarrassing. Is falling, is falling apart similar to resignation? Bowing. Resignation might be some, something more that you actually do. You resign yourself to something. Not necessarily, but that's how the way the question is showing up uh, in terms of how to respond to that. Falling apart is something you didn't expect. It's like, so you're not you're not voluntarily falling apart. You're, uh, you, you couldn't really fall apart unless there's some kind of tendency to want to hold things together in a particular situation we call the imaginary nature, parikalpada. There is somebody who needs protection. So it, it's more devastating. Chisho, do you have a question? Chishwawai. Is the falling apart a gradual process, meaning we see some peripheral things falling apart and it closes in slowly or something, Bobby? More than likely, it will happen over a period of time. 
it's not that it couldn't collapse all at once, that people have reported that. Uh, even in, the, in ancient China, the Southern School and the Northern School had some contradictory things going on, on about sudden awakening and uh, gradual awakening. And Jason might be in better connection with that whole history because he's been studying it lately. But I, I would say it's both. Aspects of it are very gradual, and aspects of it are that have a, you know, instant, just like a thump in the night, only bigger than that. Another question from Tomas. What kind of meditation can help with cravings? I do understand that it is about awareness. To, to observe the craving without necessarily doing anything about it, at least while you're doing sitting meditation. Set up a time and sit, sit for a long period of time. Sit, I don't know what you're, uh, is it Croatia? He's in the UK. Oh, in the UK. Well, you're only 12 hours, I think. No, 12 hours different? Five hours. So you could, uh, it's possible you could join the, uh, the, uh, Block set that happens on Thursdays here at seven in the morning. That might be the best time for you to join if you're five hours different. And that way you can sit with other people who are doing the same thing, sit for a four hour block of time. There's a, if you go on YouTube, you can, I've given several talks on block sitting in the past. A lot of sitting, that's just how it looks. If I were to talk with you personally, interact with you, I might say something different, but it's unlikely. Are you 80 years old? Because if you are, I've got, I got some other advice for you. <laughs> but if you're only 29 or 32, then sit a lot. Does it look like I'm joking? So we can take another question or two if there is a, I'm starting to get a, a, a colorful migraine here, so it's hard for me to see very clearly. Anyone get those here? They're not painful, but it's just they're, they're full of rainbows. No, no, it's not that. It's not the rainbow body, sorry. I wonder if they thought that's what that was. 500 years ago. <laughs> that cosmic joke. What? Yes, I will. I have to stop the cosmic joke. Hondo. Hondo said. I like that. <laughs> Ondo, you're you're Ondo, and you're telling me what Ondo said. Falling apart. <laughs> Falling apart. <laughs> that's a good that's a good sign. You know, what the hell you're talking about? Go ahead. Uh, earlier, you were saying less and less movement and more of just this. What is movement? What was I saying that in relationship to? That uh, the more we sit. Uh, on this, in this practice, 
will see less and less movement and more just this. Yes. There's movement in that. Just thoughts and emotions, feelings, memories, analysis, judgments, logic, stories, stories, stories about this, stories about that, going over what somebody said and what we what they actually sounded like they meant, but then what they talk, we talked to them later, they actually meant something else. It's, you know, it's a, it can wear you out. Constantly going, hashing over what somebody's saying, what you thought they were saying. And why would they say that? Why would they say it that way? So that just, because you're just looking at it, you're not trying to stop it. Like the, the question I'm craving. Just observe the craving. Quite often, people have that so covered up, they don't even know they're craving because they're, they're operating out of a state of mind of the success of not craving anything. And they can prove it to you if you accuse them of craving anything. They'll show you why they're not really craving anything and that you're wrong. More? Is there another question on Zoom? Bowing. What is your advice for the 80 years old student? Um, the 80? Yes. Uh, well, it depends on who it is. If they're in their early 80s or late 80s, <laughs> I might say give up the ghost. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying that there would be a, if somebody's been meditating for 50 years, and I, I would be just surprised that they would be here. Um, on the other hand, I've met people who have been meditating longer than that, and they still are not clear. When I say clear, it's I have to use something. So the, the word when I use the word clear, I'm saying about what this is, who this is, and clear about the mistaken identity that is what runs most of samsara, thinking you're somebody that can win, somebody that can lose, somebody that, the big one is somebody that, that is someone who can die. Even though the teaching of impermanence is right in your face, it's not about who you actually are. That, that does not come to an end because that has not begun. Find your room for questions there if you have them. Did you want me to say more than that, Jusheen? Like really pick on the person who's 80? No, it was good. Thank you. Is, is there anyone here who's 80? I mean, I know I am, but uh, anyone else? I don't think there's anyone in here who's 80. Terry, are you 80? <laughs> Terry Vine, sometimes. <laughs> so um, some of us feel like we're 80 that, that maybe aren't but it's uh difficult another question or not that's fine there isn't one Terry bowling yes sir what is or is there a relationship to the human body creation in the skandhas well, 
I'm not sure what it is uh, is bringing about the question, but yes, this uh, by these all these bodies are rising in consciousness. The, it looks like consciousness arises in the body, and we because we can see, smell, taste, touch, think. It looks like the consciousness is here, and sure, that's part of it. But the fundamental situation is all of this. Everybody, everyone you're looking at, and including that person you see in the mirror, is arising in consciousness. But consciousness, um, if you if you realize your true nature, then your your body is relatively important. Yes, but you realize that's not you. Very bowing. Yes, sir. Um, like a strange question, but how is that with dogs or animals? I mean, cats. Could be cats too, dogs. What's world? Is, do they have is the skandhas with animals too? Or mice, 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 yeah. Okay. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to know? I'll help you if I can. Terry okay. <laughs> Bowen, I'm just trying to figure out or see or whatever that. So there's the human body, then there's animals, and are the skandhas, you know, is that similar for animals, or is it just for, for the human I, consciousness? I think it is. I think that any, uh, we, um, um, dogs get angry, dogs get happy, or uh, just to, to use, or any animals are doing all kinds of different things. Their animals are suffering. Having lots of difficulty, not all the time, but they're. I think it's very similar. They're, 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 if you, I've sometimes said kind of jokingly, but I don't. I don't know if it would really be a joke if they were to transplant uh, human vocal cords uh, in a dog, uh, so the dog could actually speak. You could teach a dog to speak, and the dog would probably the first thing they would say is. Let's get rid of that dog food you've been feeding me. <laughs> it's terrible stuff. Let me go with you and I'll show you what I want. You know, I'd like to have a steak. Um, so I'm just it's, I'm being silly, but I'm just saying the the whole structure of the, the biology and everything is um, we seem to be pretty important human beings, but we're not the only um, form that as consciousness shows up as whales, dolphins, uh, monkeys are extremely smart and cagey and shrewd. I'm, I'm fairly familiar with monkeys. Baboons are really smart. So dogs, some dogs seem to be smarter than other dogs. I think a Jack Russell Terrier is much smarter than a Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> Just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to test them, huh? I-M-H-O. M-H-O? Yeah. It was a long time before I realized what M-H-O meant. There's a couple I had to took a couple stabs at it, but it didn't come out too good. Yeah, I'm not going to repeat it. Okay, I, I'm going to... Thank you so much. Oh, were you going to say something? Well, I was going to answer your question. Oh, please. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 We can dedicate uh, the marriage to whatever we're going to do.
Thank you for uh, joining us this evening.